Are you ready for a telephony masterclass? You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. When it comes to the business and marketing side of voiceover, there's one site that you need to bookmark, VOpreneur.com. Everything you need to become a more confident and effective marketer is there, including episodes of this podcast, links to upcoming Free Advice Friday live streams, as well as details on my private coaching and all of my different masterclasses that I offer. Everything that you need, your guide through the business of voiceover at VOpreneur.com. That's VOpreneur.com. The Veopreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original everyday VOpreneur. Every one of us at some point in time has called a company, got put on hold, and suffered at length through a robotic-sounding on-hold voice that makes waiting on hold even more torturous. But we as voice actors can also help solve this problem and save the sanity of the world at large simply by embracing the genre of telephony and marketing our services to those companies. Now, if you ask around in the voiceover industry, who should I talk to about telephony? One name comes up all the time, every single time. She's a bilingual voice actor, English and French, who's been running her business for nearly two decades. Her clients include Lazy Boy, Pure One Imports, and Porsche. Welcome to the show, Liz Dineshnera. Did I get it right? Close. Dineshnera. Oh. Like an SH in the middle of it. It's a Hungarian name, so it, you know, it's, it messes it, everybody up. It's, it's okay. one of those. I was like, I'm going <laughs> to practice. I'm going to practice. I'm going to say it over again, So, because otherwise it's going to come up. Liz Dineshnera. Yeah. When it, whenever I call customer service, they was like, oh, can we have your name, please? And I basically say, yep, it's Liz Dineshnera. Or I, actually, I usually say it's Elizabeth Dineshnera. Just call me Liz. It'll make your life easier. And make I just hear so this easy. audible yeah. sigh. It's like, okay, good. Thank you, you. Know? <laughs> so, Thank you. And don't make me spell it. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, my pat answer to that is, how do you pronounce it? Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and I get this, huh? Okay. It's all right. It's all good. So I want to talk to you about telephony. And we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to go there. But there's one thing we need to get to first. Yes. You have massively upped your social media game in the last little bit. And you are popping up on my video feeds (laughs) all the time. And you are you seem like you're having a lot of fun. I talk to us about that. Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. So before August 1st of this year, I had never uploaded a reel to Instagram. Ever. Like I, had, I think I'd uploaded one or two videos, or what, but I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. Right. And so I actually, um, Jonathan Tilly, who some of a lot of probably a lot of people know, he yep. was doing this 30 day Instagram challenge. Okay. And he actually sent me a, a, a DM. He sent me a message saying, Hey, I'm doing this Instagram challenge. And I texted him back. I was like, ah, there's a lot going on right now. I'm not sure I have the bandwidth for this. And I just looked at it and I said, you know what? Let me just look. Let me just try. Let me just yep. see. I'd never done any of this. Mark, I will tell you, you know, most people say social media is really bad for your mental health. Can I tell you, I have been having so much fun. It I has been, been ha- so obvious as a, as a viewer. Uh, it is so fun. And I just, and I think 
part of it is, um, and yes, a lot of it is about my business. You know, it's, it's, you know, this voiceover talent does this and this, and, and that's fine. That's, that was my goal. That was the goal of the challenge for 30 days. And so I did it for the 30 days. Okay. And then I was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to stop. I'm having too much fun and anything for my mental health these days. I'm like, right. I'm going to keep doing. And so the permission part of it is, you know, when I first heard about Instagram, I was like, oh my goodness, it's got to be this long, that long. Mine are generally no longer than about 15 seconds. And it's just fun. And I, and what's happened is I feel like there's this creative floodgates that were opened and I think about things and things come up and, you know, and sometimes I'll get towards the end of the day and it's like, Oh, I haven't done anything. And then it's like, well, what about this? And it'll take me 15, 20 minutes to do. And, but it's so much fun. I mean, one of them, which I'm amazed at, one of my videos has over 11,000 views, which, which is insane, you know, and, and I don't, I don't claim to be fantastic at it. And I'm sure I'm doing some things quote unquote wrong. I don't care. I'm having fun and it's just been great for my enjoyment and it's something creative to do. So yeah, it's been, it's been a blast since August 1st of this year. So I'm just going to keep going until I, until it's not fun anymore and then we'll figure it out. I love it because I think there's a couple of really important lessons in there for people. First and foremost, you fully admit that you don't know what you're doing, but you're just figuring it out, which is Mm -hmm. totally overcoming the perfection paralysis, not overthinking it, right? Just do it. Just do it. And I'm a Virgo, so there's a lot. (laughs) Me too. So I feel you on that. I feel you on that. But you just did it. and. Yeah. And are you finding that content begets content? Like yes. as you start oh, to do absolutely. it, all of a sudden ideas that weren't there before start to flow a little oh, more freely? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I literally, like the, the first week of doing this, it was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, do? I don't what know do what I do? I'm doing. I got no like, ideas. Like, oh my God. You know, and the first few ones took like two hours to do, right. you know, because, because I was still learning the platform. Yep. I was, but what I am, and it's true, what I'm really proud of myself about is that I pushed through that initial, it was uncomfortable because yep. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was, sure. and, and anybody who's on Instagram for any length of time knows Instagram is glitchy. And there are, it just, you know, sometimes it's like, nope, we're not going to upload your reel. Not nope, today. Not Thanks gonna, for playing. Not today. Yeah. Nope, we're not going to do that. So getting over the fact that that's not only happening to me and that, and the other thing is, let's be real. It's Instagram, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, it's, we're not making Hollywood movies here, people. We're just having some fun on the internet. And that's really it. It's like, it's Instagram. And, you know, like last week uh, or this week, actually, I, I uploaded a reel and I, oh, I forgot to put the music on and I'm like, okay, fine. I'm just going to delete it, add the music and upload it again. And, and what's interesting also is I am getting reactions, um, you know, full disclosure, have I gotten new clients from it at this point? No, I haven't. And that's, and that's okay. But what I am getting is I'm getting views, I'm getting comments, I'm, I'm engaging with people and I am putting things out about my business and also about, you know, where I live and, and sort of where I live is sort of a secondary character to, to my, my reels, which is great. And I just, but again, I'm having fun. And, and that is as much of a surprise, yep. as much of a surprise as anything, is that I'm just having fun with them. And they're just, that's, you know, that's The basically. thing with social media, <laughs> unless you're specifically asking people or they're specifically yep. telling mm-hmm. you, oh, I saw that reel you did and that's yep. why I reached mm-hmm. out to you. Mm-hmm. The reality is we don't know who's watching. Yeah. 
And we don't know what might prompt them. And one of those random inquiries that comes through your website could very well be a random inquiry that came through your website because of that video that you posted or or somebody sees it and they've saved you for later because they don't need you right now or whatever. But like you said, you're having fun. I just love the fact that you did it and like because you just came out of nowhere and then you're like, (laughs) you're in my feed every day and you just look like you're having fun. And so I I just really wanted to ask you about that because I know so many people have such a fear of social media, so many hang ups Mm -hmm. about social media. But if you just jump into it and have some fun with it. And that's really it. And, and the other thing is, as a voiceover talent, I mean, I am not used to being on camera. You right. know, when I first started, it was like, oh, my God, no, I'm going to be you. on camera. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I don't know about. And now I'm like, eh, this is me. I don't, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I am. I am who I am, as they say. And and I'm just I'm just having fun. I really am just having fun. With you it. know what I love about that the most, though, is like, OK, every single commercial, every single audition that you see, what is it asking for? It's asking for genuine. It's asking mm-hmm. for authentic. Yep. And you just said like yeah. what, the content that you are creating because you're like, ah, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. It's just me yeah. being me. Yep. That is the greatest demonstration of genuineness and authenticity that mm-hmm. a casting director or a potential buyer could be looking yep. for because they're not questioning whether or not this is fake or how pre-produced yeah. this is or whatever. You're just going mm-hmm. on and having some fun. Exactly. With it. So I love and, I and love that. Thank you. Well, that means coming from you, honestly, coming from you, that means a lot. I appreciate that. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, I'm telling you, it's working. Because like I said, you are ever. I can't open Instagram without seeing something from you right now. So keep keep doing that thing because that is working. Wonderful. So let's talk telephony and, and let's mm-hmm. start with, uh, I guess we'll start with a maybe a glossary of terms because sure. we often hear telephony, IVR, on hold, yep. all of these words that are often used interchangeably. But Sure. They may be related, but not necessarily the same thing. So correct. let's start with some of the most common terms that we're going to hear to describe this genre and, and help okay. us understand what each one of those things are. Sure. So the overarching term for this genre is telephony. Okay. And that encompasses basically two different types of phone messages. There is IVR, which is interactive voice response. Okay. And there's message on hold. Okay, those are the two. So interactive voice response is basically anything that tells you to do something. So it is for sales, press one. For technical support, press three. For the operator, press zero. That's interactive voice response because you are, you know, it'll say either press or say one or press one or say one. That's you're interacting Interacting. with it. Message on hold is basically exactly that. You're on hold and you're hearing a commercial for the client either a commercial or directions or, hey, we've got a new doctor. This is his CV. This is, you know, where he's been, where he studied. Anything that is not telling you to do something, that's generally a message on hold. And so those are the two different types. The other term that you will hear a lot of is a prompt. Now, a prompt, again, is generally with IVR. Right. And it is either one instruction of for sales, press one, or it can also be a group of for sales, press one. For technical support, press two. For the general AP department, press three. For the operator, press four. That can also be considered a prompt. Okay. It depends how the system architecture, the system architecture is how all of these in the flowchart of the business and and how this is all built by some IT guy, um, how that's all set up, and and that and that is important to know because what's going to come up is there are prompts that are all like an entire phrase. 
-hmm. for for sales, press one. Right. However, if you're dealing with a very large corporation, what you will also sometimes have is for sales, that'll be one prompt. Press one will be another prompt. Right. And they will put that together. And so another phrase that comes up quite a bit and that if you're in telephony and you bring this phrase up to a company, they'll think you know what you're talking about is concatenation. (laughs) And they will concatenate. They will put those two things together. And so a lot of times uh, when I start working with a large corporation, I will record what's called a system set. And a system set is generally the letters one to a hundred, sometimes one to a thousand. Right. And then the press one, press two, press three, all the way to zero, press zero, press pound, press hash, press the star key. All of those are separate audio files that will then all be like a jigsaw puzzle put in together to create the entire flow of, of messages and IVR recordings for the company. It's really easy to get discouraged about the state of voiceover when you're constantly hearing about the state of the economy or the state of AI. It's really easy to wonder whether or not it's even worth it. But I'm here to tell you that there are still plenty of opportunities in voiceover. And there is still a lot of money to be made in this industry. But if you're going to find those opportunities and if you're going to make that money, you're going to have to know how to be a good marketer. That's where VoiceOver Marketing Playbook comes in. Playbook is back January 8th through the 17th, 2024. Mark the dates on your calendar. Start saving now. Maybe put it on your list for Santa Claus. A step-by-step marketing course that is going to teach you how to find your own leads, build your own client base, and become the consistently working voice actor that you want to be. Even in economic slowdowns, one thing stays the same. Eventually, things turn around. When that turnaround happens next year, are you going to be ready for it? Are you going to be ready to grab hold of every opportunity? VoiceOver Marketing Playbook will make you a confident and effective marketer. Get the details at voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. That's voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. Now back to our show. I remember once upon a time, this is a few going back a few years now, but I had an insurance company reach out to me and they wanted me to record names and, and they had picked like, I think it was like the thousand most common male names and the mm-hmm. thousand most common female okay. names. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I had to record the the kind of the generic opening message and then 2,000 individual yeah. names, and then they were going to piece it together when they were yeah. automating Hello, the Jane. system. Hello, John. And and I remember about, <laughs> yeah. about 100 prompts in, I remember going out and buying a brace for carpal tunnel <laughs> to... <laughs> To put on, well, I was using my mouse yep. while I was editing, like ultimately ended up editing like 2000 files or something yep. like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, I don't know if this telephony genre is for me. I was like, <laughs> this, this is a lot of work, but, but that yep. brings us to another question then, which, which mm-hmm. you touched on a little bit, which, you know, different types of systems. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of the things that I have learned from the work that I've done in this genre, and it's been limited, but I've done mm-hmm. a bunch of it. Mm-hmm. There doesn't really seem to be any universal standards or am I missing it? In terms well, of audio, in audio terms format? Of audio format, but mm-hmm. also just in how the systems work. Like, oh no, I've had, no I've, I've sent in wave files. I've sent in MP3 yep. files. I've had customers mm-hmm. give me their voicemail password and have me yes. call in on the phone and re- like, yes. right. Like there's, is that changing? Are there getting to be more standards or is it still so, just as messed up as always? <laughs> it's actually not quite as messed up as it used to be. Okay. It used to be that there, and this was, and basically you have to go to before MP3 and after MP3. 
because you have to go back it's like a date to the eighties. <laughs> I know, right? Before MP3, after MP3. Before Steve Jobs invented the iPod, and after Steve Jobs <laughs> exactly, invented the iPod. Pretty much. <laughs> well, what happened is back in basically the the late eighties, early nineties, late late eighties, basically, IVR systems were first used by banks. And that is where people first started to hate them because, you know, because you'd call your bank and you'd expect a person. I just want to talk to a real person exactly. for the love of God. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but thinking back to the 80s, you know, computers were not quite as powerful. I mean, I remember you, my first you computer. You're talking smack about my Commodore 64 right now, Liz? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, my first computer, and I'm a PC gal, so, you know, my first computer had a floppy drive and a 20 megabyte hard drive. And I was given the option of buying a 40 megabyte hard drive. And I'm like, I'm never going to need what a 40 megabyte hard yeah, drive. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's like, you know. So what happened is there was a concerted, like a decision that was made that they sacrificed quality Yes. For the size of the file. Right. Okay. And so they could fit a whole bunch of more files, but they all came up with tons of different formats. So there was IVC, there was Vox, there was Wave, there was Okie Data, there was <laughs> CCITT, there's all these different formats, which is when I, when I started, you know, people were like, here's, you know, here's my system. This is the way, this is the, the format I need. And it's one of the reasons that I'm so versed in it is because I started when I had to know about all of those different formats. I still remember the first time I had to Google how the heck to make an 8-bit 8K EULA wave. And yep. I was like, I don't even know what that means. And there's <laughs> exactly. no setting for this. What the <laughs> yes. heck? Yeah, CCITT MULA wave, which is also known as ITT, which is also known <laughs> as, you know, 64K, di you know, then there's the 64K Dialogic, which is 8-bit 8K Vox. And, you know, so... There were a ton of them out there back in the day. Honestly, once MP3s came along, and, and actually what we used to do is we used to record all of these files onto generally a, a, when I was doing either a zip drive or a DAT file, and we would FedEx them to the companies and they would put them into their system. <laughs> you know, Pre-email. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Oh, absolutely. This was this, you know, I'm old. What can I tell you? Um, but, but there were, there were, a ton of files. Yep. As computer systems have improved, um, there are still there there are still some legacy formats out there. The main one that is a legacy format that is still being used is the one you mentioned is the CCITT MULA.wave file. Yep. Okay. That is still used quite frequently, but a lot of the modern DAWs actually can create that file. Now, generally, you can send your clients either generally a 44.1 16-bit WAV file or an MP3 file or a 128K MP3 file. That's becoming much more common, especially if you're working with production companies. If yeah. you're working with a production company, generally you're either sending an MP3 or you're sending a, a regular 16-bit 44.1 WAV file and they'll take care of the conversion for you. If you're dealing with, with clients directly, the most common that I get that's not sort of wa general waiver MP3 or PCM waiver MP3 is the CCITT MULA wave file. And most DAWs now can convert to that format. So it's not, people don't have to be as afraid of, you know, eyes glazing up. Because I mean, you know, the, the people would call me, it's like, I, I don't know, can you, you know, like, just, it's okay. 
ChatGPT, how the heck do I create this legacy file for my... (laughs) Exactly. Oh, and then, you know, and the thing is, there were then, I mean, I have, you know, one, one voice talent that I used to record, or she used to send me the recordings, and it was a WAV file that was then actually had to be enveloped in another way, another file that, so it was a file within a file that could then be used on that system. That, you know, that was yet another, you know. And so what what I did actually, and, and this was because I really leaned into telephony because I started doing that at the beginning of my career, is there used to be a company that apparently no longer exists. I still have their their uh, their uh, software. It was, you know, it cost like $700 to buy this piece of software but I because it's it's sort of tools in the toolbox, right. you know, I knew that I was leaning into this genre of voiceover. And so this piece of software could convert to all of the legacy formats right. and all of the, you know, and it served me, I way got my money back because I, I did so much work in so many of these formats and a lot of people couldn't convert to them. There's a handful of us, you know, that that started in this genre that that bought this piece of software and and we could we became the resource you know and and i could do pretty much anything that's much less needed now most of the time what you're going to be asked for is either a pcm 16 bit wave file 16 bit 441 a 128k mp3 and and sometimes a ccitt mula wave file but there's there are much there are fewer legacy formats out there simply because those computer systems have become obsolete and and people have upgraded but it took a while because think about it you've got a huge bank that has this legacy system. Yeah. And you don't just, it's not just going out and buying a new phone, right? Like, no, there are thousands upon thousands of voice files that need to be, you know, re-recorded. And, and that's the thing about telephony is, you know, no, it's not very glamorous, but there are updates all the time. People leave, people, you know, change jobs. Uh, There are new locations that get opened. You know, it is, it is something, and, and so very often what will happen with telephony work is one of the first things that a client will ask you is, hey, do you plan to be around for a while? You know, because, yeah. because they don't want to have to re-record all of these files. They yep. want to keep the, the voice consistent. So there is a lot of work that once you get in, especially with the larger corporations, even with production studios, that will keep coming back because there are always updates. I know that's one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, I've got, I don't have a lot of telephony clients. I've got a few that I've been working with for years though. And it's kind of like quarterly, often it's quarterly because, you know, different seasons or, you know, different Mm -hmm. hours and stuff like that. But then definitely I get a message in the morning. Hey, can you update? Cause we've got a new employee coming in or, you know, a new, you know, somebody's just gone out or whatever. And so there is definitely an opportunity for, for that ongoing work. So would you suggest, I know with e-learning, Mm-hmm. I keep files because I've had yes. clients come back to me five years later and say, Hey, can you yep. update this module that you did for us? And whatever sounds yep. like telephony is probably the same deal. If you get one of these jobs, hold on to everything. I, you know, <laughs> storage We're digital is so hoarders of everything so, yeah, else. I'm Why a, not I'm keep our telephony files, right? I mean, you know, people talk about Gmail and a zero, zero inbox. Are you kidding me? I have 200 <laughs> thousand emails in my G, but I can find something that you sent me back in 2010, you know? (laughs) So, so yes, I generally keep everything. What happens with telephony is every once in a while, a client will say, Hey, you recorded this back for us two or three years ago. We have some updates. They'll just say, just re-record it. 
But sometimes, and, and this has happened a few times, where again, a client that you may have recorded one format in, they'll say, hey, we've switched systems. One, do you still have the files? Right. And can you convert them to another format? Which is why what I tell people when they do telephony work, always record in 16-bit 44.1, do all your editing in that high quality format, keep all of those files, because then you can take that and you can basically Turn it reformat anything. to whatever, because it's always going to be a downsample, not an upsample. You can't really upsample because it's not going to sound as good, but you can downsample from 16-bit 41, 44.1 to anything. So yes, I generally keep everything. And like, talk about an incredible opportunity to be the hero and win the day, right? Oh, like, yeah. oh my gosh, oh, you want to build customer loyalty, mm -hmm. provide second oh, to none customer service. If you have, if you have the ability yep. to go back and say, I have everything, like- yep. Mm -hmm. You you are legend yes, at that point. Yes, and I've I have been the hero a couple of times to clients. It's like we don't know what we did with these files, and they're not on the server. And do you have them? And you know, so yeah, it's and you know, it doesn't happen that often. But yeah, when it does, you've sort of you've definitely ensconced yourself into that into that client's heart. So let's talk about the actual recording of the files. Mm -hmm. Again, e-learning, I know, you know, they'll send me a script and it, it'll have all the different slides and they want a different audio file for the different slides. Yes. And usually there's a very specific naming structure for oh, each yes. one of them and stuff. Oh, yes. Similar in telephony? Is oh, it? yes. Okay. Oh, and it's, and it can be 10 or 12 characters, you know, with one little difference in between. I use a piece of software that I was actually one of the beta testers for. Unfortunately, it's only PC based, but I have actually colleagues that I've turned on to it that actually have PCs and that use, I think it's Parallels or Bootcamp. Yeah, yep, the virtual um, machine thing or something. Ex yeah, right, yeah. exactly. It's called Word to Wave. So the yep. Word, the number two, W-A-V. It is an amazing piece of software and it has saved me, when I say literally, hundreds upon hundreds of hours of time of renaming mm -hmm. files, it has. And basically what it is, it's a piece of software that you can take either an Excel spreadsheet with the file name in the left column and the script in the right column, or a word table with the name in the left column and the script in the right. You import that into this software and click and you record, you stop, and it cuts the file and names the file for you at the same time. And then you go on to the next one and the next one and the next one. And so you have all the files named and split and then you can go in and if you know listen back to them if you made a mistake you can re-record it tweak something and i what i do is i record everything in word to wave and then i open everything up in soundforge and do all my editing in soundforge and do all of my converting in soundforge and off you go i'm yeah. assuming this would be a question that if you get a script from somebody and it doesn't have very clear instruction maybe it's somebody who's never done the phone system before mm -hmm. or whatever it's worth asking ahead of time is there a specific file format that you need? Is there a specific audio spec? Is there a specific naming structure, right? Always. And yeah. so generally what I do if a new client comes to me and says, hey, we found you online. You know, we'd like to possibly hire you to do this phone system. What's the process? And so I actually have a, an email template that I send where I spell all that out. What I say is I will get you the files more quickly if you send me the audio script in either a Word format, a Word table, or an Excel spreadsheet, and then I can provide you all the files in, you know, with the names that you give them uh, much more quickly. 
And then the other thing that happens with Word to Wave is that if it finds a, a file with a double name, it'll automatically rename that file with the original file name underscore X2. Right. So again, you become the hero yep. and say, hey, by the way, I noticed that there were two files or three files that were named the same. Here is how I renamed them for you. Just wanted to let you know. Again, you become the hero. And, and I tell them that it, it makes it easier on them I can get you the files more quickly. What it does, it makes my life a hell of a lot easier. Um, but to them, what I say is, I can get you the files more quickly if you send them to me, if you send the script yep. to me in this format. Massive appeal, um, right? then Everybody I, wants and, it faster, right? Exactly, yep. exactly. And so that's, you know, they don't care if it makes my life easier. What they care about is, can I get the files a day yep. earlier? Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll format the script however she wants it. And the other thing, is that it, uh, it allows me to, like I said, the file names are all there the way they wrote them. I don't have to worry about mistyping something. It's the way, you know, I just import it exactly the way they wrote them. And then I also, of course, always ask what file format, you know, what audio format they need. And what's really interesting, a lot of talent come to me and say, hey, the client said they wanted a WAV file. Okay. What kind of wave file? There's a lot uh, of options for yeah, wave files. There's 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 a lot that you know, and and a lot of talent that are starting out are afraid to ask. Yes. They're afraid that they're going to look stupid to the yep. client. I'm like, no, no, no. You have to understand. You asking the correct question to this person, saying, "Hey, I want to provide the correct audio format to you." That's not you looking stupid. That's you knowing what you're doing. Looking stupid and, is when you do it on the back end after yeah, it's right. too late, e right? E exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I always ask ahead of time. And I also, what happens is you've got, you've got a lot of different types of clients. So with production houses, generally they'll tell you, hey, we want it as a, an MP3 or a WAV file. You don't need to split them up. Just send them to us. Great. With large corporations, Generally, they will know exactly what they want and how they want it and what the format is and, and all that. With a smaller company or a mom and pop place, they will send you the script and they'll say, okay, what audio format? Uh, we don't know. Yeah. And so this is where the education comes in and, and where, again, voice talent ask, like, how do I keep track of all the different phone systems out there? You don't. There is no way you could do that. And that's not part, that is not part of that's your job. That's what Google I mean, and Wikipedia are for. Let, yeah. let them figure yeah. that part out. <laughs> you know, it's up to them. And basically yeah. what I tell them, I tell them one of, I tell them two things. I said, if you have an IT guy, ask your IT person yeah. or go back to the manual of your phone system yep. there, you know, or your, your phone system vendor and ask them because they will be able to tell you what format their system needs. But that is not for the voice talent to decide. Because what happens if you try to guess, your files are not going to play on their system yeah. and they're going to be like, your files sound like crap. Why do they sound awful? Because you guessed it. Oh, he wanted a WAV file. I'll give him a 16-bit 44-1. Yeah, it's not going to play on a CCITT MU law requiring format. That, so. Oh my gosh. The first time that I actually had to send out the the ULA the thing, I was like, yeah. I can't send this. This is gar like I'm I'm embarrassed <laughs> to know. even have this played. And they're like, no, it I sounds know. better when it's in the system. And I'm like, yeah. there's no way this could sound better yeah. when it's in the system. It so does. <laughs> really what it comes down to, I mean, it sounds like, yeah. and I mean, this goes for any genre, yeah. but telephony in particular, it's really is paying attention to the details, right? There's a yes. lot of little things that you've got to there, know up front yes. and you can't yes. be afraid to ask the questions if you're going to do it well. And it, it's not about looking stupid. It's about 
providing exceptional service, really. Well, right, right. And they will be impressed that you know to ask those questions because I've had clients like, oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, right. Okay, let me go find out. And nine times out of 10 now, the three formats that I get asked is a CCITT MULAW, just a regular PCM 44116-bit or 128 MP3, MP3 file. Those are the three main formats that I deal with now. But, you know, every once in a while, someone will come up and say, hey, I have XYZ. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. You know. So... I'm potentially opening up a Pandora's box here, so I'll, I'll tread I'll tread lightly when I when it comes okay. to the when it comes Uh-oh. to the subject of rates. Okay. Um, okay. No, but fine. I, I want to talk rates because one of the questions that does get asked a lot, and and I I put it out to some people. You know, I'm I'm going to be doing this interview. Is there anything you'd like to know? Rates, yeah, obviously, rates. one of the questions okay. that comes up. Right. Generally speaking, it looked to me like on the GVA rate guide they provide mm-hmm. say a standard rate, but mm-hmm. I look at telephony and I I liken it to commercial in that. A local commercial does not command the same rate as a national commercial. And so mm. it, like generally mm. local local rates are lower, right? Lo- local rates uh, are lower than than national commercials. Honestly, not necessarily, because the thing is, the work is the same. Yes. So if you've got somebody that comes to me and says, it's just me, it's my one store, I will quote them my normal rate. Okay. And so here's the way that I have my rate structure, and this has worked the best for me is I have a session fee and then I have a per prompt rate. So per prompt is per prompt slash audio file. Okay. okay? And generally that's between 50 and 75 words per prompt. Okay. I generally charge the same for whether it's a corporation or a regional place. Because what happens is my session fee is the same where you get uh, more bang for your buck is how many audio files are you going to be creating? So if the mom and shop's okay. just asking for a single on hold message yeah. versus the bank right. that needs a thousand prompts, right. that's where the right. scale comes. Okay. That's where the scale comes. Okay. So sometimes, you know, but, but on the flip side of that, generally the large corporations don't balk at the fact that there's a session fee and a per prompt rate, just as in every other genre, there's a, there's a negotiation that happens. And yes, you know, I have clients that, that are at a lower rate because they've been with me for 15 years. Yep. And yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is, yep. you know? Yep. Sure. Um, my rate is obviously higher than it was when I first started sure. almost 20 years ago. Fair. So, but it's really a matter of, I am a huge believer and I know this might sound woo woo ish. I'm a huge believer in when you send out a quote, if you send out a quote going, yeah, I don't know if they're going to like this. I don't, you know, the energy that goes the, out with that. It does. Yeah. It does. I, it sounds I, wooish, and a couple of years does. ago, I would have mocked yeah. you, but now I'm totally on board with you. So I, it's the truth. Yep. It's like until yep. I am completely comfortable with the quote I'm sending out, I do not send it out. Yeah. And full disclosure, the GVA rate guard, who did they call about the telephony rate <laughs> structure? <laughs> so yeah, I know it. So you had um, some some input there. I had a little bit of input. Right yeah. And the rates, honestly, for telephony haven't changed that much. Sure. Now we can talk about the elephant in the room of, of AI. You Liz, know, why do you got to go there? We were having such I'm a good, saying, pleasant, happy know, conversation. Why, why you got to go there? I know. We'll get, we'll get to that. But, but the rates, generally the rates haven't changed much, right. but there is still, and I, and I do believe this because there is still a lot of work out there for telephony work. Everybody was told like, oh, the first place to go is e-learning and telephony. Yeah. That is where your first, the thing that people have to remember with telephony it is the first point of contact mm-hmm. with a potential client. Yep. 
So your company, they, you know, you've got big corporation and you've got a robot when they first call your end user, the end user being the person that calls you is not going to be happy. Yep. You know, as it is that nobody likes IVR systems. And yep. I, 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 I own that. I get it. You know, I am not a believer that telephony work is going to go away because it is too important to the image of corporations yep. to have someone that sounds local, that sounds human, that sounds friendly. You know, all of those things still have a place. I had Bev standing on the show and, and we did an entire mm-hmm. episode on the subject sure. of AI. Sure. And she actually gave an example that she had heard where her, her local cable company, she called into her local cable company and the system was recorded by a synthetic voice mm-hmm. and it actually continually mispronounced the name of the company, but nobody had apparently <laughs> caught it. Oh my God. And I was like, yes. well, that makes a strong use case for humans. So we're, <laughs> exactly. we're still going to be safe for a while. Now, look, oh, I want to yeah. have the AI conversation, yeah. okay. but I, mm-hmm. there's one more question I want to ask yep. on rates before we go there. Sure. Just yeah. um, retainers. It's a so, question that comes up in telephony. Yeah, so what, what, do, what do, you, do you have any and thoughts so, on that? Absolutely. No, I have a couple of clients that I have on retainer and it's great. Generally, the way it would work would be, okay, I will record X number of prompts for you per month or per week. Okay. And so if you record, like you say, okay, I'm going to record, you know, 20 prompts for you per week. If it's a a company that you know is, you know, that they're going to be sending you a lot of stuff. If they send you 10 prompts, same rate as if they sent you 20. But if they send you 21, well, you have to have a rate for, okay, the extra. Right. Retainers are great because it's set income, you know. Guaranteed, right? Um, You know it's coming. Absolutely. Yep. And that is generally with a larger corporation or a larger production studio. So that's generally not a, not a session fee and per prompt rate. It's more of a set how many prompts you know, it will cover in a set week or a set month. Is that something where you would map that out and say, look, if you sign up for 12 months at this many prompts per month, it's, you know, it's X rate and you could show maybe a slight discount versus regular rate or something, or do you just price it out at your rate or? It's generally a little bit less than my regular rate. Okay. And, you know, I have a client uh, who's been a very good client and, you know, I have a, a set retainer with them every week and I haven't raised my rates in about two or three years, because very often I get less than what we had agreed to per week. So I'm like, you know, it all comes out, yeah. you know, it all yep. comes out in the wash. The other thing is never have to chase them for money. Never, you know, all, all these things have yep. factor into all of the the rate discussions and, and how you're going to get paid and, you know, all of that. My understanding with the retainer thing too, and comment on this, if you have a different thought, but mm-hmm. for a lot of companies, particularly like maybe when you get into medium and and larger companies, Mm -hmm. it's just a lot easier for them to budget a line item for a year in advance versus a monthly expense, right? And so if Mm -hmm. you offer them the retainer, they may, with a one-year contract, Mm -hmm. for example, they may be more likely to just sign off on it because it's a really, it's easier to factor it into the budget. Yes. True or false? Yes, absolutely. And what will happen, especially with production companies, and, and this is the difference between working directly with a client and working with a production company. So my retainer agreements are generally with, well, actually, no, I have both. So, you know, I do have both. I have both with a production company and with, with a, a direct client. But what happens is it's somebody who will, who you know is going to be giving you, giving you work on a, on a regular basis. And so I generally don't get into a retainer agreement with a client 
until I see that, okay, they're, they're sending me work on a regular basis, you know, and then we can talk about that. A lot of times the difference between rates for a direct client and rates with a production company is a production company generally works with a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of talent. Right. And so what I tell voice talent who come to me asking me, hey, what's the rate for a, for a production company? That's all over the place. There are production companies that are per half hour of your time, per hour of your time, you know, per prompt, per word. There sure. are still production companies that do per word. And honestly, you take it or leave it with production companies because they are not going to make a separate agreement with you when they have 50 other voice yep. talent that they work with. It's like, take it or you leave it. And what I tell voice talent to do, it's like, take it. Okay, yeah, it's not great, but see how much work they give you. Yep. And if it's worth your time, if it's your gas money, or if it's your heating bill for the month, or it's your, you know, grocery bill for the week, you know, great. If it doesn't work for you, then you can always walk away. But I, I always tell talent, don't walk away before you've at least given it a shot. Yep. You've got nothing to lose. Yep. And so the rates with production companies to the talent are generally less because one, you're not doing any of the marketing. You're generally not doing any of the editing. You send them one long wave file. Right. You're not doing the converting. Also, you're not auditioning. Yeah. That's the other thing That's nice. is they send you work. I mean, I yep. get work every day from production companies here, do this. Yep. <laughs> it's like, okay, easy. Um, and then, so, and when you're dealing with a direct client, yes, then you can have the session fee, the per prompt rate, you know, and, the, but you're do, you've done all of that footwork that you didn't have to do with the production company. So, See, now we got to go back there because you, you, you started it. <laughs> Sorry. Now, now we got to go back there. We got to talk about AI a little yeah. bit more. Although- It's actually going to be a short conversation. I'm encouraged honestly. by what you said. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. but here's the difference. Yeah. Everything that you said is perf perfectly logical, right? The human touch, mm -hmm. not yeah. making us suffer through robots, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. That is the rational, logical, intelligent mm -hmm. response to the conversation <laughs> intelligent capitalism <laughs> sometimes doesn't yes. always involve those yes. things when it conflicts with profit and bottom line yes. and ai well, well, is certainly going to be or synthetic yes. voice is certainly going to be a, a cheaper option first thing i'm curious about because you work in this space a lot have you had any feedback from clients production companies etc that are saying we're moving in direction of ai or are you getting so, we're doubling down on human because ai stinks all of the clients that i do telephony work they have all said that their clients, and these are large corporations, right. they're like, no, we, we're going to stay human right now. We're, we have no desire to. And again, because keep in mind, these systems are huge with thousands yeah. upon thousands of audio files that they would have to switch over. It's not an easy thing to just change it all out. 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 audio files, yep. you know, from one voice to a synthetic voice. And the other thing that people say, well, there's the turnaround time. My turnaround time can be the same day. Yep. So that's that's a non, you know, that's something we're, that we're my not clients talking know. about network television promos here. Like if you gotta wait it, two hours for right. a new prompt, it's right. This is it, not the exactly. end of the world, right? Like exactly. Yeah. Now, will there be I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a complete idiot. You know, yes, will there be <laughs> will there be some that that go to that that route? Yes, but it would it's almost like a pendulum swinging back. That's how it started you know, where we, we had these synthetic voices that sounded like crap. And so they went, they went human. And then now it's like, oh, well, it's gone cheaper. Let's try it again. And right. the other thing is, Mark, is 
I don't have the bandwidth and I have no control over that. None. I have no control over what a company is going to decide, whether they're going to go with a human or whether they're going to go with a synthetic voice. I am going to continue to reach out to people and to work with my clients and do what I do. I did have one client of mine who actually (laughs) sent me a script that was saying, well, if you want to, you can choose a human voice or you can choose, you know, an AI voice. And I literally, I, I hadn't, I got into the booth and I hadn't read the script before, beforehand. And I went in and I'm like, it's sort of like, you know, the, the, the cartoon, you know, it's like, wait, wait a minute, you know? And I called him up. I called, I called up my contact and I said, I can't record this. I said, you're, what you're asking me to do is you're at, and, and they completely understood, but I said, you're, you're asking me to tell people, Hey, choose me or choose a synthetic voice. Uh, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Sure. Now, keep in mind, this has been, one of my first clients from 20 years ago right. you know, that's still a client of mine and i felt comfortable enough doing that although you know to be honest it was when i first saw it i was like oh man okay what am i going to do with this and yeah. i i sort of walked out of my booth and i sat down in my office and i'm like what am i going to do and i just in good conscience couldn't sit there and record a script saying choose a synthetic voice i just couldn't do it right you know, to their credit, they completely understood. They're like, nope, we get it. Totally get it. Did they get another voice talent to record it? Maybe. I don't know. But I know that what I did was, you know, it's like, I can't, I, I can't record that. I just can't do it. But I'm still getting work. I still get telephony work every single day. Again, you know, in both languages. So is the sky falling? I don't know. <laughs> I've asked this question to, to several yeah. different voice actors in, in podcast interviews now over the, yeah. the last bit yeah. of uh, interviews that I've yeah. done. And yeah. the biggest reason why I asked the question is because if you if you exist inside of the, the Facebook bubble of the voiceover yeah. industry, overwhelmingly the sky is falling and we're all doomed yeah. and this is the beginning right. of the end. Like that just feels mm. like the narrative. Yes, yes. And so the reason why I ask the question and, and people are going to get sick of it because I ask the same question on every podcast lately, it feels like it. But the reason why mm. I ask the question is because I want to hear from actual working pros mm. who mm. are saying, yes, my business has been massively impacted by mm. AI mm. or no, my business has right. not been remotely impacted by AI and mm. paint a realistic mm-hmm. picture from actual working yeah, pros. Yeah. And I will say overwhelmingly to this point, mm-hmm. it has been, no, it's it's not even yeah. a blip yeah. on the radar. Yeah. Everett talked about that when we talked about commercial animation. I had mm-hmm. talked about that when we talked about political. I asked Bev mm-hmm. specifically in yeah. the interview that I did with her. Like it's if just- anybody to t- ask would right? be her, yeah. And, <laughs> and so it's encouraging to hear that. And I mean, yes, yeah. We can make that argument of, you know, human voices are better and blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, hold, let's hold on to that optimism and, you know, yes, put that positive please. energy out there. Let's market that strategy. <laughs> Hashtag and, hire human. Right, right. But at the end of the day, you know, bottom lines make decisions sometimes. But to this point, I'm yeah. just not seeing yeah. evidence. Yeah. And that's yeah, not and to say that I want to stick my head in the sand or pretend like it's no. all sunshine and rainbows. I just... I don't see evidence that makes me think that it's as nearly as bleak as some people think that it is. And what's interesting is some, and I'll be honest with you, I've had some drop off this year in the e-learning space, which I find really interesting, but I've, I have not had any drop off in telephony. My was, telephony work is the same as it ever was. 
Um, I find it interesting that you're, if you're trying to teach somebody something that you would use an AI voice, I don't know, but, but, the, but the thing is I can only do and control yes. what I have control over, which yes. is me and my business. Yep. And, and I can't, and, and having, using bandwidth of, oh my God, the sky is falling. I, I, I can't. And I don't think that serves anybody. Yep. So, so now that we know that this is still a potentially lucrative genre, you've just, you know, spilled the beans yeah, on that. We know is. that we're still safe. I'm yeah. curious. I know you've talked about rosters. So mm -hmm. there are production companies that are out there, just mm -hmm. like there are production companies that do commercial or production companies yep. that do e-learning. Mm -hmm. There are production companies out there that do message on hold and IVR, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Yeah. So that would be one place that we could be looking for work. If we wanted to try to go directly to a corporation or, you know, a larger business or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming there's not a chief telephony officer that we can look up on, on LinkedIn. No. Who, who's uh, although, generally although, responsible yeah. for this? So generally, so that's a, it's a, that's a great question. It's actually a great question. Generally, it's somebody in IT. Okay. I see. It's, I would never have guessed that. Okay. Because they are the ones that actually upload the files to the servers and they have the whole flow chart of how things go and, and how things are built. So I would look at the three places that, that generally are the people that deal with this. Somebody in IT, if it's a large enough corporation. Okay. Somebody in HR. Yep. Because there's a lot of these that are, you know, this person, this person's voicemail and that person's voicemail. And marketing. Because a lot of what I do is outbound. So yep. there's outbound messages. Okay. So those are generally the three prongs of, of who I would reach out to. If you're looking at a large corporation, I would start with the IT person because they're, they are the ones that sometimes they'll write it, but they are generally the ones who know the formats and who know who to get in touch with and, and how the system is built. They're the ones that, that are the system architects you know, of the whole phone system. So those are, those are the three. It's, it's IT, HR, and marketing. You, you just brought up another point that I was going to ask about earlier, and I forgot. Mm -hmm. You mentioned about you know the IT people sometimes are the ones that write it. Mm -hmm. As a voice actor, do you ever do any or offer any value mm -hmm. add? Like, do you offer script writing or I will mix your music I, in or anything like that? Or are you just doing so strictly voiceover? Generally, I will not. I, I've very rarely been asked to write anything, and I generally won't. What, okay. what does happen... <laughs> <laughs> this is where the bilingual thing comes in. Yep. What does happen very often still is I'll get I'll get hired for both the English and and the French um, side of of a of a phone prompt system. And what I always ask is what is the source language? Like which is the first one? Was it a French script that was translated to English or was it an English script translated to French? Okay. Yep. Nine times out of ten for me, the English came first and the French came second. Okay. I can usually tell that pretty quickly. Yep. Um, <laughs> and so what does happen is I will always record the, the source uh, prompts first. Okay. And then I go and record the French. But I've done this long enough that invariably I will see something. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not what the English said. Right. And I'll go back. And again, being the hero to your client yep. of like, hey, the English says this, the French says this, just wanted to check and make sure right. that, that that was right. And so I do a lot of, it's more of a, of a QC, you know, making sure, sure that, that things match up. It's almost second nature to me now that I do this, that, yep. you know, I'll record the source file, the source language first, and then I'll go through 
And then I generally try to edit things within 24 to 48 hours if it's a large system because that still keeps it in my head. And so I don't generally do writing per se, but I will do QCing as I go along. Adding music, sometimes I do. Actually, sometimes I do that for other voice talent. (laughs) I have the capabilities to do that. Although (laughs) I had bought a music library back in the early 2000s. And it's like, yeah, the 90s are calling and want my music library back. So everything <laughs> just, that is old know. is new again, Liz. Yeah. That music yeah. is coming back. It's what yes. everybody's going to want on their system. Oh so you are going to be sitting on so, a gold mine here in, there, in a couple years. There you years. go. Because my, man, my backtracks, they're just like, <laughs> seriously. It's like, uh, I was okay. listening. Have you stuff. ever heard good background music when you've been sitting and waiting on hold? I think that's part of the stipulation, <laughs> there, right? There you go. If you have the really bad music, it distracts from the narration when it happens to be yeah. a synthetic voice or, or a really bad voiceover, right? Exactly. But, exactly. So, so, so I've, I've done it. It's not a huge part of my business, but yes, I can do it, but it's, it's more, I'm more of a QC person okay. um, because, you know, again, think about it. Someone's creating this thousand prompt file system, you know, and they've looked at it 20 times. And sometimes I'll come back with like five or six different things. And, and I've had some clients like, I can't believe this. I've looked at this so many times. And I said, that's why. That's why, yeah. So many times. times, It's okay. And I, you know, my pat hashtag to my client is, you know, hashtag teamwork. And I consider that part of my job. Yep. Translations. I mean, look, that's another huge issue when you're dealing with bilingual is who did the translation of the files. Yep. I generally don't do translation. I, I hate it. <laughs> I just, you know, as, as much as I am a native speaker of French, translation is a, an art as yep. much as a science. And, and I've done it. I've done it for short jobs. Clients are like, hey, can you just translate these couple of sentences? Yes, I will. I will absolutely do that. For a fee, there's always a charge for translation. You're the expert in voiceover. You you do the voiceover thing. Right. Let the expert in ex- translation ex- do the exactly. translation. Exactly. And thing. so yep. I have a couple of people that I, you know, and I tell them, I said, if you get this translated, please please hire a human to translate it because, you know, I've had stuff come to me for sales press one and it'll be la presse un, which is media, like the news media, right. the news media one. I'm like, no, <laughs> that's, Oops. No. See, there's work. still a use case for humans. We're, we're still going to yes. be useful for, for a little while. Yes. Well, yes. Liz, this has been like a masterclass in, in IVR <laughs> and, and I'm so grateful to you for doing that. I think it's just, it's one of those genres that gets overlooked because we're, you know, people mm-hmm. think about commercial and animation oh, yeah. and gaming and these big, sexy genres with big, sexy credits and nobody gets excited about telephony, but no. it seems to me like find a handful of good clients, maybe focus oh. on some retainers. Like you could build mm-hmm. a pretty solid foundation it's, of an income for yourself. Absolutely. It's not glamorous, although it is fun. I mean, yep. I have, I have friends all over the, you know, Canada and, and the U S that call me up and say, Hey, so I had a problem with my credit card and I got you on the phone. So thank you for keeping me calm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, or, yep. Hey, did, did I just order pizza from you? You know, <laughs> so see, like, that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. It is, actually, it is fun. It is fun. And, and this is not being humble or anything. I did not get into this business for the glamour of it, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love it and it's fun yep. and I enjoy my work. And this has been a foundation of my business. And, and like you said, you know, when, when people say telephony in our, in our community, nine times out of 10, my name will come yeah. up. Yeah. Your name <laughs> so, is the name that comes up. Yep. And that's great. And I love it. I love that I'm able to help people talk about when they first start in, in voiceover, I'm like, Hey, you know, what's the first demo you've got to do? You know, my first demo was a telephony demo. I didn't get my first professionally produced 
commercial demo until five years into my career. Thank you for saying that, because I, I uh, make that argument with people, not specifically about yeah, telephony, but just yeah. that so often we're told it's got to be commercial first. And mm -hmm. I'm saying, no, go yeah. into the genre where no. you can make the most money the fastest based on yeah. your skill set, your interest, right. whatever, and then add those other things later. And telephony exactly. could certainly be yeah. one of those Absolutely. genres. The other thing that's, that it's similar with in terms of, of commercial work is, especially with message on hold stuff, is it is like a commercial for the company. Yep. You know, you're talking about you know, how, when they were founded and, you know, what great products they have. Yep. And, you know, so you've got to sound like, you know, what you're talking about. Sure. You have to sound, you know, conversational, you know, that word, <laughs> yeah, that word. exactly. <laughs> but so it's whatever skills, and this is what I tell people is whatever skills you learned when you're working with a coach for commercial work or e-learning or intro narration, or whatever, all of that can translate into telephony, right? Because you are literally, they always say, talk to one person. You're literally talking to one person. Yep. You are in their headphones. Yep. You're on their phone. So all of the things that, that you learn when you're coaching with somebody can all be, you know, transferred to the telephony genre yep, because sure. you're talking to one person. You have to be conversational. You know, you have to look at the script and you have to know how to pronounce a whole bunch of, with medical stuff. I mean, how many names, you know, and medical offices have I done with names and procedures? And so all of that stuff can, you know, comes into play. Right. Look, if this has been incredible, and I know you said that you've helped some voice actors with this before. If somebody wanted to reach out, ask a question, maybe something I didn't think of or we didn't cover in the sure. interview, how, how can we get a hold of you? And how do we find you on Instagram? Because everybody's <laughs> got to follow you on Instagram so that yes, they can please. so they can be inspired by your your reels that you're doing Yay. as well. My Instagram is hire Liz V O H I R E L I Z V O. That's my Instagram. Okay. And my email is really easy. It's Liz at HireLiz.com. Okay. Liz at H-I-R-E-L-I-Z.com. We'll put my that. my website is HireLiz.com. We'll put that in the show notes as well so that it's easy for people mm -hmm. to find. But uh, definitely awesome. we got to all, everybody's got to follow you on, on Instagram. Yes, please. And, and see what's going on. <laughs> up, uh, Liz, thank you so much. I mean, you're literally just dropping knowledge bomb after knowledge awesome. bomb. This and so was fun. I thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks so much for asking me. This was fun. Yeah. And thank you for your willingness to share. I, I truly do appreciate it. You're very welcome. You're awesome. If you've overlooked the genre of telephony in the past, then hopefully this episode has given you the encouragement that you need to start looking at telephony a little bit more seriously because you heard what Liz said, there's still money to be made there. Companies are still using human voices for their telephone systems and plan to be doing so into the future as well. So check out this genre. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned a couple of things. And if you did, would you do me a favor? One, Tag me in your Instagram stories, at Mark Scott. Take a picture. Let me know that you're listening. I would love to see it and be able to share it. And also, would you take a minute to leave a five-star review wherever you're enjoying the podcast? I would really, truly appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. You have a great website, right? Well, make sure you host it at some place that doesn't suck. Hey, it's Brad Newman, fellow VO Pro for 28 years and owner of UpperLevelHosting.com. People ask why us, and that's simple. We make it easy, respect your time, save you money, and just make all the magic happen. You don't need to know all the tech stuff when it comes to hosting your website. We got you. Ask around tens of thousands of client interactions later and six years of amazing customer service and not a single negative complaint ever. UpperLevelHosting.com. And scene. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. 
Want more VOPreneur goodness? Jump online at VOPreneur.com.